0: before we get started the ringer now has merch go to bitly.com slash ringer merch where you can find shirts and hoodies a portion of the proceeds from each purchase will benefit charity water a nonprofit organization that provides clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations again go now to bitly.com slash ringer merch welcome to the ringer nba show i'm tate frazier and i'm joined by our writer resident texan and just the trillest one i know mr jonathan charks charks welcome
1: hey man you can just say resident texan that covers you know everything else i think
0: yeah that just holds it down bigger than texas uh we have team usa the entire country we have uh filled it our best team minus the two best players in the world and uh we're going to send them down to Rio to compete in the Olympics. Um, but last night, they played China in the exhibition game. At Staples Center, uh, I was lucky enough to go down and watch them play last night. Sharks, I know that you don't really mess around with these exhibition games, but just overall, what do you expect to see from this Team USA? Uh, you know, this is the last time that Coach K will have these guys. This is his 10-year ten-year mark on the program. Um, but just overall, like, what do you expect to see from those guys in, in Brazil?
1: I guess we'll see like the Warriors B team, right? You know, do the, do what they can without Steph. I guess that's kind of interesting to see. I don't know. I think at this point, I think we're all a little kind of played out and a little bored. That's probably why LeBron and Steph didn't come. Yeah, like it's been it's been done a bunch of times now. They won every time. I guess I just want to see more small ball. See more Durant at the five. There's no Anthony Davis here. Some more Draymond Durant in the five. Paul George, all the wings. And I guess also maybe DeMarcus Cousins how he fits with a smaller team. That'll be that'll be a change up from the last Olympics.
0: Yeah, just some thoughts from last night from what I saw when when Boogie was out there, he was basically on a mission to do cleanup duty. Like he was basically trying to prove the point of like you need a big man to get the rebounds of the you know of these missed shots, which was usually like Paul George or Harrison Barnes pulling up for three somewhere, but you know, he would just put he would just get in buckets pretty easily. And also uh, Joe Chi the 43rd overall pick uh, for the Houston Rockets is uh, Team China's, you know, prodigy. He's supposed to be 18 years old. He's probably more around 24, 25 years old. But last night, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, you know, welcomed him to the NBA with a, with a rude block, with the big dunk, and was basically like, you don't belong on the floor with me. And it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think he's, like, 7'1", 2'15", or something. Just, yeah. like, real thin. He's one of those, like, new-age big men. And then the Marcus is like, I don't think so. Like, I'm just too big for you. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of that in this tournament. I guess they might want to watch DeMarcus Cousins. The more boogie, the better. This is first time in a good team outside of, like, the other Team USA team since college, so that's fun to watch just him getting dunks constantly on other good players yeah i don't
0: know he was looking for he was having a great time i mean the kind of the dynamic between so i was watching a lot of i was doing some uh some some deep dives into draymond green kevin Durant, harrison barnes clay thompson interactions you know because that's a little awkward uh at first for sure draymond and harrison a couple times checked in At the same time, there was this one awkward moment where Harrison went to the free throw line because he thought he was going to stay in the game. And then Kevin Durant was like, nah, man, you're coming out. Like, caught him out. Um, So that was pretty funny. Draymond and Harrison were pretty much, like, far apart for the most part. They didn't really dap each other up too much or have too many words for each other. Harrison was sort of around uh, DeAndre and Paul George a little bit more. So I just thought that was a pretty interesting dynamic. Another note was, uh, like, if DeAndre Jordan had gone to Dallas and Harrison and DeAndre were on Dallas this year, and, like, who knows, maybe Mike Conley went because they had both those guys, how, how different this whole, like, outlook of this team would be rather than DeAndre, like, giving a speech to the Clippers crowd and all this other stuff. So that was just, like, a few interesting wrinkles. But other than that, I mean, it's just more the same. They I mean, they killed China. They beat them by, like, 60 points. So it was a pointless exhibition.
1: I mean, I want to, do want to see future Mavs superstar Harrison Barnes. Yeah. I guess you only see him in the role he's destined for, taking 25 shots a game for the Mavs next year. But yeah. any glimpse of that is always great, a superstar like him.
0: He had some great garbage time plays, and, then like, and they were off the dribble too. It, it was pretty funny. There were a couple of times, like, DeMar DeRozan and Harrison Barnes were out there as, like, primary ball handlers one time and it was just like these are the two worst guys you want to run the break like both like DeAndre Jordan had a better time running the break than those guys
1: yeah I love to see some more DeMar DeRozan isolation plays that's really you know it brings the fans out to the seats
0: it was uh it was pretty funny also Derek Rose was there at the game last night uh just like giving the death stare to probably everyone on the team like you took my spot you know Jimmy but he's just looking at Jimmy Butler like you took my spot on this team you know (laughs) So that was pretty Well, he's got a
1: super team now in New York, so it's all good for him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Hordacek was there last night. It was a big Knicks contingent there for Team USA. So maybe the Knicks are America's team. Maybe it's the team we deserve. Definitely. I think that's fair
1: to say. Let's put the next versus this team. We'll see some real action.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, this Team USA team is not just messing around uh and playing China for fun. They're trying to get ready for the Olympics, which starts officially August sixth. Uh their first game is actually against China. Um so we've kind of decided that, you know, obviously Team USA is the more dominant team and the team that everyone will be looking out for. But just speaking overall for the Olympics, are there any uh, teams that you see as like sleeper dark horse teams uh, for, uh, for the Team USA to watch out for in this tournament?
1: Well, I think you've got like two dynamics going on. You've got the older generation of teams like France, Spain, Argentina, and those are the guys we've all watched a million times play Team USA. The yep. you know, Tony Parker, Nick Batum, Borstiao team the Pau gasol Rudy Fernandez team, and then, of course, the Ginobili-Skola team. And I think this is kind of their last run of it. And then you have the next generation of young teams coming up. And that's who I really want to watch. Yeah. Like, I want to watch Super Mario and Dario Saric save Your Philadelphia on Croatia. You've got, like, Djokic uh, on cer- the Serbian team. And then you've got all the guys in Australia, though I guess they don't have Dante Exum and
0: Ben Simmons. Yeah, but they got Deli.
1: That's true, Delhi Dova, the team Delhi. That should be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean the amount of like, I I honestly, I'm I'm excited for Australia. Just that's one of my teams to look out for. Just because first of all, it's not like their team Australia. They call themselves the Boomers, which is a great name. I love teams that go by nicknames. You got Dela Dova, who's gonna hustle and you know outwork everybody on the floor. You got Andrew Bogut, who like probably definitely should not be playing basketball at this point, given the fact that he just suffered a pretty serious injury and the Dallas Mavericks have to pay him a contract next season but he's like you know what I'm going for my country I'm going to go out there and get some buckets you got patty mills and patty mills like isn't even patty mills in international play he's just pat mills you know he matures plays at a different level <laughs> um and then Cameron Barstow. I mean there's and Aaron Baines. There there's guys to watch on the Team Australia and uh, I don't
1: know. Now that I think about it, without <laughs> x Simmons there, that was not a very inspiring <laughs> list of names. You just it was gave just me. like
0: what it was just white guys that, that like get like dumped I'm them. looking I'm looking
1: at the list like I want to see Lithuania. They got Valanciunas and Demontis Sabonis. Oh, That'll um, be kind of a fun little front court. Yep. And then you got like the next generation of Spanish players. You got like uh the older Hernan Gomez, future Nick superstar, Ricky Rubio, Maradovich, yeah. all those kind of players too, and even Mark, right? Mark, Mark will be there. Marcus is not going to be. there. Oh, he's year. not going to be there because he got hurt last year. Oh, that's right. The, uh, that's right.
0: He did the. Uh, Unlike
1: Bogut, he actually cares about his NBA team, so he's going to take the summer off. Yeah, I think
0: Bogut's given the big middle finger to the NBA for what they did to him. Yeah, I'm sure
1: he's super pumped to will play for Dallas. I'm getting sidetracked about, I don't know, about the Mavs. I think there's a lot of good young players to watch, and I think that'll be fun. Even if USA dominates everybody, is watching this next generation. Maybe like teams in 2020 could possibly compete with the US.
0: Yeah. So one of those teams, I mean, I pretty much am Team Croatia. It's, it's sponsored by Michael Jordan. Tony Kukoc and Michael Jordan are pretty much the biggest influences in basketball in the country. They're the ones that they look up to. That's why you have greats like Mario Hazonio on the rise. I mean, that team, I mean, you got... Bogdanovich, you got Saric, you got Hazonia. I mean those are those are three guys that are worth watching across the board. For Hazonia, like what what do you need to see from him if you're, you know, Vogel this summer and you're watching international play and you're like, "Oh, okay, I can see Mar I can see Super Mario can handle a scoring responsibility. I can see Super Mario can get other people involved. Like what does he need to improve on in his game to get, you know, next season, you know, to kind of get out of his uh, freshman year slump?" Well, probably play defense. <laughs> I would I would assume <laughs>
1: Like, just get better at that and, like, try on defense. I mean, that's just a young player, a young yeah. shooting guard. Most of those guys don't guard very much. And Croatia's fun because they have, like, two or three big men who just got drafted this year Zizic, Zubac. Yeah. So they'll have a really nice young squad for 2018 and 2020. So this is, like, a good building block year for them.
0: Yeah, Zizic is, uh, yeah, obviously drafted by the Celtics. Um, another guy that i look for is uh venezuela's coach uh nestor che garcia venezuela has won two uh world events in the americas which is like the first time they've ever done that in the history of basketball it's like a team on the rise and like che is uh, just a wild coach like that guy goes crazy and like he looks like gary williams but like he's like the venezuelan gary williams with how much he sweats and yells and like veins popping out of his neck now that's
1: a solid. There's some to look forward to. You got the great Grievous Vasquez on this team.
0: Exactly, like Che and Grievous. Like those are two guys that are, care a lot about basketball and are going to act a fool. And you know, the, like I need entertainment. If you're not going to win games or challenge, you know, you might as well be entertaining and uh, and go for it 100.
1: Absolutely. Here's an Easter egg for college basketball fans. The great Gregory Etchenique, mm. who I believe was Doug McDermott's center at Creighton, is on this team. He was like a big. Yeah, I think he wears rec specs, like six nine, two seventy kind of guy.
0: Yes. And he just, out here just bruising on people. Absolutely. That's incredible. That's a great nugget. I, uh, I had no idea he was on that team. What's another team? I guess Argentina is a team to talk about when you have Manu. I mean, what's Manu looking forward to? I mean, he's going to come back and play in the NBA next year. Do you think he's going give, to give it all for Argentina? Maybe pull a Messi? Just carry him to the finals?
1: This is his last go-around. I mean, they have, that was the great Argentinian team. It's kind of crazy, like, this is the same team that played in 2004. They're just, like, stuck outside of time. you got Scola, Ginobili, Delfino, Nocioni. Like, all these guys just playing forever. I mean, they're all in their late 30s now, so this is their last run of things.
0: I'm really banking on Boris Diaw to have an epic run. I don't, know, I don't know what that means or, like, what that'll end up working out to be, but I just feel like Boris Diaw needs to have a big tournament.
1: Well, he was great in the 2014 Euros. That was the ones where... They kind of stunned Spain. That was at in mm-hmm. Madrid. And it was going to be like Spain versus U.S. And Boris Diaw just dominated the Spanish team. He just killed Powell and Mark and carried them to victory. So maybe the Spurs trade has kind of shocked him into like getting in shape for this. But we'll see if that actually happens.
0: Yeah, he's got a good team that he's going to. He's going to get. Some oh defense. yeah,
1: and he's got Rudy Gobert, a future. That'd be a fun thing to watch. A future Jazz connection, Diaw to Gobert. Yeah, you got Joffrey Laverne. I mean, Batum, Tony Parker. I would think France is probably the second-best team here.
0: Yeah. They, they. I mean, they pretty much work out. Two pains not on the team, right? Axel's not on the team. No, your boy Axel did not make the list. All right, now we, got,
1: we got. And we got Michael Petrus' younger brother, Florent.
0: Yeah. Nando DiColo. Is There's some players. Isn't Florent? No, Florent. Isn't Petrus... Mikel Petrus is the younger brother of, Flo, like, Florence, the older brother, right?
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. He's 35, so Mikel <laughs> yeah. isn't that. Yeah, that's not my, right.
0: My favorite part of the French team is that, like, I was looking at the roster, and I was like, man, I really wish Mikel Petrus was, like, you know, young enough to play on this team. That'd be great. I love Petrus's game. Great defender. And then I looked at the roster. I'm like, oh, Florence Petrus, that's great. His younger brother's on the team. And then I figured out it was his older brother, and it was like, that makes zero sense, but I love it. And he might be my favorite player in the tournament. Florent Petris. yeah, just a guy to watch on the perimeter. Great defender, obviously works hard. You know, loves the game.
1: If he even gets minutes, they got Jelle Ball, former <laughs> yeah. Spurs, Son, uh, Sonic's draft pick, I and mean, they got a lot of players in the squad for France. Yeah. I think like the team to gain to watch will be France for Spain because that's an old school rivalry. They've been beefing for years. Yeah, especially like,
0: after 2014, like you were saying.
1: And that was, I think, that was in 2012. Like uh, Batum and Calderon got in something. Like they were, they were fouling late in the game, and Batum just like karate chopped Calderon in the nuts, and that was a big thing that happened.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of bad blood in that one. You can't come back from that, but I'm gonna defend Batum because he's a great Charlotte Hornet.
1: Yeah, I mean that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch. I think, I guess what I'll be watching for is like, can any of these young teams get into the medals, or is it gonna be US one, France, Spain two and three, or can you get like Croatia? Can you get a team going for twenty twenty
0: to get into the twenty sixteen
1: range? Yeah. I'm not sure anybody's gonna beat the US. I mean, that seems unlikely, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think the US like this is the B squad of team USA and they still seem invincible in this field, uh, which is a testament to uh Coach K who has been with Team USA since two thousand six. Uh he's sorta like on his own personal Kobe farewell tour. Um Colangelo is passed on the torch to uh, Greg Popovich who will officially take over in 2017 but I just wanted to reflect back on the 10 years of Coach K obviously Larry Brown was there in Athens when they got the bronze medal and Larry Brown basically just picked his favorite players and took them over there and, and then the whole uh, USA basketball infrastructure changed and they actually started scouting these international teams and Coach K you know implemented some sort of pro- professionalism in the program so just 10 years of Coach K, what what do you think looking back on this for him?
1: I mean, I, at the highest levels, I wonder how much of it was Coach K and how much just a better generation of players. Yeah. You look at You look at those teams in '02 and '04. you had, like, Richard Jefferson and Michael Finley and Jermaine O'Neal and Brad Miller, and I don't know, maybe it was that wake-up call for the best players to come in yeah. to really move this team forward. But I think what Coach K deserves credit for – it was probably fairly self-serving. Is the way he's built up the pipeline of younger teams, so you have like the under eighteen team, the under twenty team, and that's really stepped up under his reign. And it's really like there's much more of a pipeline now, which directly helps Duke University. You had like Jaleel and Tyus Jones playing together internationally, and they play for Duke. Oh yeah. You had you had like Harry, uh, you know, Jason Tatum and all those guys, Harry Giles teaming up on team usa now they're playing for
0: duke too i'll i mean look at so if you if you were to go back to the u18 like national team since coach k took over in 2006 right so in 2006 you have kyle singler duke you have austin rivers duke you have rashid Suleiman, 2012 duke you have justice winslow 2014 duke kyrie irvin 2010 duke i mean coach k created a complete pipeline for these duke guys i mean and granted you have to give some sort of credit to it because i mean i guess grant hill was like the first superstar in 1990 to play u18 basketball for team usa so that was like an original dookie to do that but coach k is like it's been a funnel i mean for as much credit as he gets for putting these teams together and like you know getting like putting aside egos for all these big nba stars it's like this has been nothing but great for for duke basketball i mean they've just it was basically like a funneling system
1: I mean, it pretty much turned the whole program around, Yeah, like, like his relationships with all these top NBA players. Because there was that big stretch in the middle of the 2000s where UNC had all the best players and Duke was like, oh, we're going to get up at the Plumleys, we're going to with a <laughs> bunch of seniors. And now there's a one-and-done factory.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, one recruit uh, in 2011, when he was on campus at Carolina, he was getting recruited by Duke and North Carolina. And I was just, you know, talking to him when he was on campus and I asked him, I was like, What's the pitch from Kay? Like what's Kay's pitch? I mean, I know what Carolina's pitch is and and he was like, Coach K asked me to, he was like, who's your favorite NBA player? And I, you know, and the guy like was like, I told him it was Kevin Durant. And then Coach K proceeded to text Kevin Durant, was like, I'm here with, you know, insert recruit name. And uh, he says, your his favorite player. And like, Durant texted Coach K back and was like, love his game, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how, like, how does Coach K have all these guys, like, you know, on call? Like, does he let them know the day before that I'm going to hit you with a text, like, need to watch some table, Markel Fultz or whatever, you know, like, so weird that you know he was able to to like use nba talents to like manipulate kids but you know it worked
1: yeah i think maybe they just talk all the time right that's what he's telling you he develops these lifelong <laughs> relationships in these two week these month long training camps they connect on a very deep heart level yeah he's and all, with all, them all for these life. years later they're on a group text, probably. Kay and Kobe and LeBron. Oh my just, chatting God. About, just chatting about their days, you know, no big deal.
0: Kobe's, like, pitching movie ideas, and Kay's like, mm, I don't think so. Mm. You know.
1: This whole thing keeps him young. Like, he's, what, 60? He's pop's age, but he has jet black hair. He, so clearly this whole thing is just, you know, he, vampiring the young to, he, stay, to stay
0: relevant. He's had the same hair for going on 25 years.
1: Do you have a theory on that? I guess you're getting sidetracked, but do you have a theory on his hair?
0: I on his hair? hair. I th- yeah. I have a theory that he paints it with tar every morning. <laughs> That's my theory. But I don't know. I don't know. I haven't fact-checked that.
1: There's something going on there. We need some, we need some hard-hitting investigation of this.
0: It's. Inc- I remember uh, one time there was a sign that was like, I love Coach K's toupee, and uh, he was not happy about it. So. He didn't seem, he seems pretty prickly. He doesn't seem the kind of guy who's going to just take that in stride. No. Call me crazy. That's not his game. Hey guys, before we get into the real basketball that happened this weekend, the U18 Feeble World Championships, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh and high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Uh, I got Blue Apron just a couple of weeks ago. I am not the type of guy to necessarily cook things for myself, but Blue Apron makes it easy, and I have great food each and every night. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Man, that's nice. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Just this month, you can get the spinach and basil pesto gnocchi with summer squash, green beans, and fresh mozzarella. Spiced pork tacos with avocado, pickled onion, and a lodi style corn. Summer vegetable pizza with garlic, lemon, broccolini. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com ringer. That's blueapron.com R-I-N-G-E-R. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so do not wait. That's blueapron.com ringer. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Speaking of the U18 team, Sharks, they won a championship against Canada in Chile uh, this past weekend. You watched those games. I watched a few of those games, including the championship game. Uh, But we just want to kind of run through some guys on that U18 team to uh, keep an eye on. And uh, I'm going to start off with the MVP of the tournament, uh, Markel Fultz, who is going to Washington to play for Lorenzo Romar and the the Washington University basketball team who have not made five they've gone five years without NCAA tournament run uh Markel Fultz though he's a superstar might be the number one overall pick next year what do you think about him
1: man Washington's been a tournament five years
0: I didn't realize that they've had so much talent too in that
1: time that's crazy
0: yeah the last time that they were there was uh with Isaiah Isaiah Thomas they had that Terrence Ross Roten team,
1: and geez, the the Marcus Chris team, and wow, that's that's impressive. I think Fultz should be good enough to get them back to the tournament. He was awesome. The whole he looked like he looked like he was better than everybody else on the floor. Basically, he, like had, he was too good for the competition.
0: He had that dunk right to start the championship game. It was like a left-handed, like off the dribble rise up dunk to like start the game off. It was incredible.
1: Oh yeah, he had three or four of those dunks where he would spin into the lane and dunk on people. And I was like, "That's a point guard. I didn't expect him to be that athletic. It was it was ridiculous."
0: Yeah, does I mean, is there a guy that you see a comp for him in the NBA? I mean, I I was trying to think. The, I mean, I like that he's left-handed, right? I like the I like the way that he plays. I like the way like he seems to have good handles. He seems to have some athleticism. I mean. I don't want to give him like any sort of rose props, but he's got like John Wall athleticism. It seems like
1: I don't, I, I don't know if he has that pure speed of a John Wall, but mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody has that. No, I was just thinking like watching him play. Like that's what you want your modern point guard to be: He's six four, six five. Yep. He shoots threes. He's really complete player. Like what they were doing for Team USA, there were some parts of the game where they had Fultz at point guard and the white guy shooting threes in a big lineup. Then they had lineups where Fultz was playing the three. And they had two point guards next to him, so he was just sliding up and down the lineup, whatever the team needed from him. He was just such a versatile player. He reminded me of like a mix of D'Angelo and Emmanuel Mudiay.
0: Yeah, like if you
1: combine those two guys into one player,
0: that's sort of like I saw Mudiay, especially like him being able to play off the ball. Like you know how Denver, you know, a few times this year, like they would put Mudiay basically at the two guard, and I could see that with Fultz. Like like you were saying, they were being able to move him around from position to position because he's still a threat. Like catching the ball and like just driving straight to the basket like he's got quick he's got a quick first step every time so that's why he's valuable um another guy who you know probably is going to go to washington too but in the 2017 class is your boy mitchell porter uh mitchell porter jr his dad mitchell porter actually just got hired to be an assistant coach at washington so that usually leads to good things as far as the recruiting process that's
1: a pretty pretty sweet gig for him i'm sure
0: yeah he definitely offered a lot to the program outside of yeah. his son
1: I remember like the best was Mario Chalmers' dad he was like the rector of basketball ops at Kansas for three years I really enjoyed <laughs> that one
0: that's my favorite. I love patronage in the game of basketball. Just hey you know.
1: man, get money. Get money whoever it takes. Yeah,
0: hook it up for the family. Uh, but what do you see from Mitchell Porter Jr.? You we, we talked a little bit and you said that you think he might be better than Harrison Barnes right now.
1: Yeah, I'm on I'm on an anti Harrison Barnes kick right now. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Porter's really good. Like I think he's got like the classic three four combo forward game. Where, like he can play small he played a lot of small ball four, but then they played him at three sometime next to the big men. He's six nine Basically, him and Fultz won the game, the championship game. They just took it over. They started like getting steals and just dunking on people in the open court. I think Porter, like he can handle the ball really well. He's a great athlete. He can get his own shot really easily. He can guard multiple positions. His, only main, his main thing now is just getting more polished. He took a lot of really bad shots, and that's where I think you have between Fultz and Porter. Fultz has got a really good feel for the game already. Like, I think Fultz can play in the NBA right now, like really easily. Yeah, probably start a point guard for a couple teams.
0: Yeah, so like if you're Fultz, right, and you go to Washington next year and you make the tournament, you lose in the second round. You I mean you obviously jump to the NBA if you're off at of that top five spot. But if you know Mitchell Porter is going to come the next year, like, is there any way? Like I'm, I am still of the uh, the train of thought that if someone believes that they can win a championship no matter what the money may bring maybe there's just like maybe there's a little bit of hope that they come back and want to play for it that's cuz you're from
1: north carolina and you know college <laughs> basketball no he's getting money man that's that's not happening
0: i'm just i have he's hope out man here. just give me 2 years of college that's all i want maybe that'll change the next
1: cba Like that might happen, I guess. They might move that
0: back. That's the best part about like if there happens to be a lockout, which it seems like a bunch of the small teams, you know, a bunch of the small teams maybe want to push for that after the super team era and after what happened with the Knicks, you know, that really has jarred some teams. Uh, They're they're pretty set on uh, maybe having a lockout, so that'd be great. I mean, I would love two years. I would love two and done. Two and done sounds better than one and done.
1: I mean, Fulton Porter is pretty awesome. So, like, they're playing the three and the four a lot for Team USA. And it was just, like, full court press. Because it was Shaka smart was running the team. Yeah. So they're basically playing, like, his VCU system with a bunch of one-and-done guys. And they just pretty much just rolled everybody they played, besides Canada and Chile. And they both just shot really well in the three-point line of keeping the game.
0: Yeah, Canada. But it was
1: really fun to watch.
0: Canada shot... I mean, incredible from the three-point line. It was pretty crazy. I feel like that's a smart move for them, like, as a program to just be like, look, we're going to just embrace the three-point line and spread the floor, and, like, that'll be our shtick because we're not going to beat you with strictly athleticism trying to go body to body. Well,
1: they got – I mean, they got quite a few players in the pipeline now, but – Probably still spread pick and roll
0: shoot threes. Yeah. You know. Well, thanks to Vince Carter for giving him the blueprint. Uh, another guy. Uh, speaking of Shaka Smart, who is the coach of the team, he has uh, Jared I- Jared Allen, who is a going to be a freshman. He's six eleven guy. Um, he had a pretty good tournament. I think he led Team USA in blocks. Six eleven, just a stud. And then he has James Banks coming with him to Texas. So good things for Shaka Smart. But like, what, what, do you, what do you think it does for those guys to have Shaka coach them before they even get into Texas and have this whole Team USA experience?
1: Well, I mean, it's great for Texas. I'm a Texas guy, so I love it. It's great for Shaka to install system early with these guys, build a bond. It's helped good with recruiting, obviously, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main thing. I, I think Banks is one of those guys where he could have made a team, he could have not. Obviously, it helps your coaches to coach the team.
0: Yeah, he doesn't make the team call. without Shaka.
1: Yeah, he didn't play much at all. So I mean, it's great experience for him, anyways. You know, to get be, become BFS with these guys. Yeah. I think for a- Allen, really saw like how well he fits with Shaka's system. Like, if you wanted a big man to run that VCU press, you'd want Jared Allen at, as your five. He's like two hundred twenty pounds. He's a 7'5", seven foot seven-foot-six wingspan. He's really fast. He, the main thing, he's a really smart basketball player. Like He's not a great shooter or a great post-scorer, but he can just play basketball. And not many big men can just play basketball in a system like that. He can dribble a little bit. He can roll to the rim. He moves the ball really well. Like He's just a really good player with 6'11". Yes. So I think he'll, be, he'll have a good year next year at Texas for sure.
0: What, what do you think about Jared Allen watching Larry Sanders' VCU tape? I don't think
1: he's quite as athletic as Larry Sanders. Well,
0: no, not many people are, but I, I, I just like that. I feel like that's what Shaka wants out of him. I feel like that's all I should do is watch those VCU games because when Larry was doing that, I mean, he was, like, in control. I mean, they would put him up at the elbow. He would have a – like, he. I mean, he was incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, the guy who's got the Larry Sanders potential is Mohamed Bamba. That was the other big man at this tournament. He has got a seven foot nine wingspan. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. Like, I was telling Danny, it's like – Watching a guy with two broomsticks play basketball for arms. <laughs> <laughs> like he's blocking everything. It's unreal. And he rolls to run the ball into the ball like twelve feet in there, and you can still catch and dunk it.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a New York, New York, like I mean he's probably the best like New York basketball prospect, just raw talent, I mean, in a few years for Since sure. La-
1: since Lance Stevenson. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Seriously. I mean, I don't
1: know if he's in Lance Stevenson's category cuz who is, but Yeah,
0: not many people can get to that level of just raw natural uh talent, but yeah, he's right up there. But I mean, 6'11" like you were saying, 7'9" wingspan, class of 2017. He's probably like a Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas type kid. Uh but I mean, he's unreal. He had some big dunks, he had some big blocks and you could tell that teams are just going to salivate over trying to convince this guy to come to their school.
1: And what's cool about him is he shot free throws pretty well at, like, 74%. He's fluid. So I, yeah, I mean, he's not a great offensive player yet. He's mostly catch and dunk. But if you foul him, he'll make free throws, and that's pretty rare for a guy with his kind of skill set. So he's definitely going to be an interesting player to watch. I was talking about him to the NBA teams in, at Vegas this summer. They were already talking about him. So people are he's in the, he's, he's the red screen
0: everywhere. So... Obviously, there's been a lot of hype about next year's draft with, like, Foltz and those guys, but if you look ahead to 2018, and you have Bamba, and you have Porter Jr., and you start... DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, uh, probably 7th Woods. Just kidding, that's a that's a shameless plug. But uh, But you get all those guys in that 2018 class, and then you start looking at, you know, teams that have good top first-round picks uh, in those two drafts. And it's like, you might as well just hold on to those and just bank on you know getting a top talent in, in the drafts coming We're up. We're thinking of our boss right now, right, and his Boston Celtics. Yeah, I guess. That's why I didn't I didn't want to like jump into, like, wow, the Celtics are really smart to have picks for both these drafts. But It seems
1: you know. like good years to have top picks. Like, this is the year I want the Mavericks to be bad and get a good point guard in this draft. But I think they're well on their way to do that. But I guess that's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, is there anyone else from this? I guess Diallo is another one, uh, who's another athletic freak. Um. Yeah, he
1: was probably the best athlete at the tournament. I felt like he's like six six. I heard someone call him a six six Oladipo. And just by the way he moves, I can see that he's just a freaking jet of an athlete. And he he was huge in the championship game. He was a massive force on the board. It was because was like Fulton Porter, and he was the third guy on the perimeter who stepped up. I think he'll have to be. He didn't make a single three-pointer in this tournament. He's only a rising senior, though, so that'll be a thing for him. He's more of a college guy to watch. Maybe in two, three years, if he's a jumper, he'll be an elite NBA player. But for now, he's he's a he's a guy college fans should know pretty well.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's the one that pretty much like. He had a couple of interviews where he broke the story to the world that, you know, you know, didn't really quite tune in to, like, what UK and Duke, sort of, like, what their pitches were. And he was the one that started the drama with Calipari calling out K. Oh, that, that
1: was Diallo? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He
0: was the one that started that whole beef. So, uh, he's got the right teams look at him as far as, like, Blue Bloods and uh, college basketball. So he'll be Yeah, fine. I
1: mean, it was just fun to watch a tournament because, like, it was good to see the way basketball going. Like, probably a generation ago, you'd play false with the one. Porter at the three, Allen at the four, and yeah. now it's like fours or fives, threes or fours, ones or twos, and we're just playing master and smaller position. And that was really like, especially with Saka's system, there was no like post scoring, there was no slowing it down. It was run, run, run constantly, move the ball, get your threes up, spread the floor.
0: Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed watching that team. I enjoyed. I love Kevin Ollie. I love uh, Shaka Smart. I enjoyed seeing those guys have, uh, you know, a role to play with these young kids. And I, and I feel like that's only good things for UConn in Texas and even Mark Turgeon with Maryland. I don't know how much Turgeon actually talked to the kids, but, you know, pretty good start. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Turgeon guy. But. <laughs> you know, Roy Williams disciple, man.
1: Not pretty many of those guys hanging around uh, the NCAA. No. It's kind of surprising, actually. There's a guy at, what, UAB, and there's Turgeon.
0: Well, Jared Hass is at uh, Stanford now. Oh, he moved up. Did they fire Johnny Dawkins? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a UNC for Duke uh, swap right there.
1: Oh, wow. There's some more. There's some blood, bad blood right there.
0: Yeah. I think Johnny Dawkins is at Florida International now. Oh, the Isaiah Thomas School. Yeah. It's a great place to be where you can just get, like, the kids from Miami that didn't want to roll. Well, not only did they not want to go to the U of Miami, but they probably couldn't get him in there. Couldn't qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just get a bunch of studs and see what happens.
1: Isaiah, I Isaiah laid the, the
0: blueprint, man. Always. Always. All right, sharks. Any last predictions for Team USA looking forward to the Olympics other than a gold medal?
1: Harrison Barnes' takeover. I think that's fair to say. He's going to assert his dominance over Kevin Durant in this tournament.
0: I think, I think he's. I think he's going to prove his worth. You know, I think definitely it, it, it's time. And uh, he's,
1: he's going to play like eight minutes a game. You know, average four points a game. It's like yes, this is the future of the Mavericks.
0: <laughs> I feel like Coach K is going to just sit him on the end of the bench. Oh,
1: he'll probably bury the bury the heck out of Harrison.
0: Lodge. Yeah, I thought he was going to do it yesterday, but he he got him some minutes in garbage time, so that was nice of him to do. Coach K, wrapping up a 10-year career at the reins uh, of Team USA, and uh, we're looking forward to the Olympics. Sharks, thanks, man. Yeah,
1: thanks, man. Have a good one.